Well, good morning, good morning. Great to see you in the house of the Lord today. Let's stand together on this Sunday before Thanksgiving as we celebrate and thank God for all the blessings that he's bestowed on us. Come, you thankful people, come. Let's sing together. Please pray with me. Dear Father, we do just pray for your kingdom to come. Lord, we uh, are so thankful for the many, many blessings that you have provided both to us individually and to this church and to our families. Lord, we ask that our commitment to you would would be stronger and stronger each day. Lord, that we would uh, fulfill your mission to share the love of Jesus Christ with the whole world. Lord, help us to be the salt and light in this community. 
Lord, we pray that as we even today take the Lord's Supper, that we will again think of our commitment to you. And Lord, that we would uh, be your people as you desire. We love you very much and pray these things in your name. Amen. We are so glad we've had a a wonderful and busy week with Feast and Praise, and we have many other wonderful things coming up, Christmas cantata and Christmas Eve services. We are glad that you're visiting with us today, and we hope that you'll be able to join us again in the coming weeks. Um, I'm not exactly sure if we're still welcoming each other. Okay, Uh, so let's do that. It's probably a good idea. Uh, Let's greet those around you, and then after that, we'll see a short video. Shake some hands, hug some necks, tell somebody it's good to see them in the house of the Lord today. Amen, amen. If you would, take a seat and turn your attention to the video screens. We have a short video about Thanksgiving that we'd like to share with you this morning. Thank you. 
Stand with us as we continue. Count your many blessings, name them one by one.
Amen. Let's pray. Father, you are so faithful. You are so good. And Father, today and this week and all year long, Father, we are so grateful for your goodness. We are so thankful. Father, first and foremost, for the blood that you shed, that we may have this life, this hope of eternal life with you. Father, today as we observe the Lord's Supper today, may you remind us of that awesome sacrifice that you paid for us. We are so grateful, so thankful, Father. Bless our time together. Be with our pastor today as he comes. Father, give him words that you've put into his heart to share with us today. Give us a good week this week. Keep us safe. Let us have a great Thanksgiving week this week. It's in your name we pray. On this last Sunday before Thanksgiving of having the chance to come and receive the Lord's Supper. I've always thought that this particular day, this particular Sunday, was the ideal Sunday to be able to receive the Supper because we get to remember who Jesus is and what Christ has done for us, and then naturally we give thanks. Now, as you know, we've been in this ongoing study in the book of Mark, And today, I wanted to try to stay here for just a brief moment. So we're going to take the text out of order this morning as far as the progression we've been on because I want to briefly go and look together at the moment when Jesus and his disciples took the Last Supper together. So if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and take them with me if you would. And let's go to Mark chapter 14, verse 12. We'll remain seated this morning as we read the text. But I just wanted to take this brief moment to get into this, to this time when Jesus and the disciples took uh, the Last Supper together. On Lord's Supper Sunday, you know that we don't preach a full sermon, probably more of a sermonette. This week the staff referred to it as a little sermon nugget. And so that's what we'll do today. Mark chapter 14, verse 12. It says, On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread... When it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparation for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house, he enters, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left. They went into the city and found things just as Jesus had told them. And so they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely not I. It is one of the twelve, he replied, the one who dips bread into the bowl with me. 
the Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, he gave thanks and broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. And then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. There are two things, church family, that I I want to talk about with you today. I believe that the Lord's Supper involves, and the first one that we need to focus on today is that the Lord's Supper involves careful preparation. Our text just told us that Jesus sent the disciples into Jerusalem, and he told them to find a room and to make preparation for the Passover. Now, We can just read that today, and it may not mean much to us, so we ought to ask ourselves, what exactly does that mean? Well, every single spring, the Jews commemorated this holiday they called the Passover. It was a time when they commemorated being released as slaves from the nation of Egypt. They remembered the plagues that God sent upon all of Egypt, but most of all, they remembered that final deadly plague. On that night, you might recall the death angel arrived in Egypt. If the Israelites had smeared the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, the death angel would pass over their family. But if there was no blood, then death visited that home. The Passover was a 24-hour celebration. They would eat only unleavened bread to remind them that they had to leave Egypt so quickly they didn't even have time to put yeast or leaven into their bread dough. Well, over time, this yeast or this leaven, it came to represent the evil influence of sin. And so the preparation for Passover got very meticulous. The Jews would make their way through the house with a searchlight, if you will, and they were making sure that not one speck, not one single speck of yeast or leaven remained in their home. To this day, Jewish families, folks, do the exact same thing. They make preparation. So now fast forward to us. Today we too need to make preparation. We've got some preparing of our own to do, but I'm not talking about doing house cleaning back home where we drove in from this morning. No, I'm talking about cleaning up the house where Jesus lives. I'm talking about cleaning up our lives. You see, the Jewish practice of getting rid of all leaven is a strong reminder to us that we should constantly be ridding sin in our lives. So as we prepare for this meal, we should ask the Holy Spirit to shine His searchlight. We should ask Him to do that into the deepest, hidden, shadowed corners of our life. Is there anything today that needs to be swept out? Are there any bad habits? Is there any residual anger? Is there any resentment, any sinful particles that are hiding anywhere in us? I encourage you today to make preparation. The Lord's Supper involves careful preparation. The second thing I want to touch on is this, that the Lord's Supper symbolizes a powerful representation. 
It involves a careful preparation, but it also symbolizes a powerful representation. Now, there are friends of ours in the religious community that believe the bread and the juice of this Lord's Supper literally become Jesus' body and blood within the person who partakes. But we as Baptists don't hold to that. We as Baptists believe the Bible clearly teaches that the bread simply represents the body of Jesus. The cup or the juice or the wine simply represents the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, in the Lord's Supper, Jesus gave us a powerful symbolic teaching tool to remind us of His sacrifice. It's simply a memory lesson. We do this, say it together, in remembrance of Him. There was a pastor's wife who was trying to explain this, to explain communion to her five-year-old daughter. And she whispered to her daughter during the serving of the Lord's Supper, this bread isn't Jesus' body, she said. It just reminds us of His body. And when they took the cup, she leaned down again and she whispered, this grape juice isn't really blood. It just reminds us of the blood of Jesus. Well, the daughter nodded as if she understood everything. And a few days later, the mom was telling the daughter that dad was going to be coming home late because he was down at the local blood bank donating blood. And the girl thought for a moment and she said, but we know that he's really just giving them grape juice, right? Folks, it is symbolic. The bread and the cup are symbols. But here's what we need to recall today. What they represent is oh so real. What they represent is so very real. You see, just as the bread was broken, Jesus' body was broken. The soldiers broke him through their mockery and torture. The whip shredded his flesh. His hands and feet were broken open by the nails that pierced into that wood. His blood was poured out that day as an atonement for our sin. Pastor Jim Simbala wrote this book entitled Fresh Power. And in the book, he tells the story of a lady who started working as a church as the worship leader. And one Sunday, she led several great hymns about the blood of Jesus Christ, and the pastor got all upset. True story, he, war- he warned her that if she wanted to keep her job, she would never sing another song about the blood. He said they had moved beyond such crude symbolism. Now, friend, today you know I don't feel that way at all, and neither should you. I believe that that's scary in every single way. I thank God that we haven't moved beyond the symbolism. Jesus' body was broken. Jesus' blood was shed. It's a powerful representation, and therefore we must make careful preparation. Would you bow with me this morning? We'll say this prayer and then we'll sing a song together and as we sing, the deacons will come as we're singing. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we understand that to be able to take this Lord's Supper is a privilege. It's an honor. Lord, it's also an obedient responsibility. You told us and and commanded us to do this exact thing in remembrance of you. And all across these years, decades, and centuries, the church has gathered just like we're gathering today, 
and they've taken bread in their hands and they've taken wine and juice in their hands and they've remembered that your body was broken and your blood was shed. So Lord, today as we move toward this moment, may we make careful preparation to seek out the yeast, the leaven, the sin, the evil that's in our hearts. May we allow your Holy Spirit to shine a spotlight upon it. May we ask your forgiveness from it so that you might remove it as far as the east is from the west for us. Jesus, we love you for what you did for us at Calvary. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen. Let's sing this song of transition, deacons. If you're assigned, would you please stand and come to serve the supper? In remembrance of know if you realize this or not, but it, almost three years ago today, we took the Lord's Supper like this for the last time. We haven't had the trays. We haven't passed any trays. We've been in the pandemic, as we all know, and we've had that little bitty cup with bread on the top and juice underneath, and so I'm thankful. I'm very thankful that we get to be back at this moment where our deacons serve and where we bring the Lord's Supper to you. If you're a guest of ours, if you haven't been here during this period of time, our church practices open communion. And what that means is we do not ask you to be a member of First Baptist Church to participate with us today. But we do ask, if you don't know Christ yet as Lord and Savior, we ask that you refrain. And we want you to see this as a sermon in symbol. And we want you to think about all the things that I just said, what Christ has done for you. And after watching us participate today, we invite you to give your life to Jesus Christ. We're going to go to the Gospel of Luke today as we remind ourselves of these moments in the life of Christ when he gave himself for us. When they came to the place called the Skull, they were, there were crucified with him criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. 
they offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above Jesus which read, This is the king of the Jews. I'm going to ask Seth Adams as one of our deacons to voice a prayer over us before we receive this bread. Lord, thank you so much for this example of what you did for us, Lord. Lord, I just ask you to help us to remember that you sacrificed so much. And Lord, especially remember that you rose, Lord, and that we serve a risen Savior, Lord. Help us to act like you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray.
Jesus said, this is my body, which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We continue reading in Luke's Gospel. It says, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us, he said. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? Since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. I've asked Jim Dennison to voice a prayer over us before we receive this juice. Father, we just uh, thank you for the opportunity to enter into a joyous occasion, a time of solemn understanding that we need to reflect on our own lives. Father, just pray that as you have touched my life, I just pray that as I understand that you have taken the sins of my life upon your body and you're willing to sacrifice that just for me. Father, I praise you for that. I pray that each one of us would reflect on what you do for us each day. We thank you, Father, that this is a special opportunity, but you also give us the word to read each day. And as we look at that, we can continue to reflect upon what you've done for us. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for your blood that you shed for us that we might have eternal life. And it's my prayer, Father, that as those who are here today that do not know you, that they might make that decision to accept you and accept the joy of knowing of eternal time of salvation that we can enter in with you in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen.